Hello, and welcome back to another FACT podcast. I'm Dr. Fred Clary, founder of Functional Analysis Chiropractic Technique, a chiropractic technique based on movement and breathing. Well, we're into December here in Minnesota, December 2021, rolling into 2022. Um, Of course, I get up today and it's four degrees without the wind chill, so that's a a rude awakening and winter has finally come here. We had a great summer and a great fall here. Great weather. And, uh, you know, I taught this weekend at the Cairo School. That went very well. Thank all of you for your kind comments and uh, wishing me the best because it's been a couple years. It's been a couple years since uh, I've been up in front of a podium. Um, I did a, a, a class for a small group of people at a doctor's office uh, in the middle of COVID. And then I did, I think the last time I I did anything else was Zoom. I did a Zoom uh, conference um, last, this year, early this year on COVID-19. So it's interesting to get back on there, back into the saddle. Um, We had a pretty good turnout online and live. You know, getting people back, that's a really good good thing. But there's a couple things that came out of that talk that I uh, thought I'd cover. And, you know, I was covering about diagnosing your patient and working with kids. And we got some parenting conversations. And, you know, a doctor had brought her, uh, her child up for, for me to look at teenager. And we were talking about stuff. And I could see the labels or the diagnosis she was holding on to. And what was interesting is that, yeah, maybe we should go over labels again. I know I've talked about it a little bit, went back and forth, but I want to talk about, you know, freeing yourself and freeing your children and freeing your family from uh, destructive and disabling um, labels. So what's a label? Yeah, we all know that you put a label on everything. There's labels on everything when you go to the grocery store, right? They have to. It tells you what's inside, the ingredients. Sometimes it tells you how it behaves, how you have to cook it. So, you know, we put labels on everything. And as we develop, you know, label, I'm a chiropractor, I'm a power lifter, I'm a husband, I'm a father. All these labels we put on. It's interesting that whatever label you put on, some people, some people will actually move into that role, whether it's true or not. The, uh, the brain tends to work by efficiency, meaning efficiency in all its um, processes. It wants to save energy. It wants to save ATP. That's our energy currency. It wants to save glucose. It wants to save um, resources, you know, neurotransmitter use. So our brain is pretty efficient. Our mind, which is a construct of that biological organ called the brain, wants to be congruent. So we have, we have an efficient machine creating views of reality that have to be congruent. So what does that all mean? Yeah, that may be, I may be talking over your head a little bit. Maybe I'm not. I'll make it simple for you. You know, if someone says... You're dumb, you're stupid, you're bad, you're lazy, you're a disappointment. Many times, especially at a young age, with, parent, with kids being developed, a parent will say something and it will, it will go down to their core. That label will stick. 
even though it's not true, even though it's not true. So a lot of the times, you know, a patient or a, excuse me, a a kid, a child will move into that role that the label defines. So if you're talking sports and say, oh, you're a great running back, that person will roll into that, even though they may be a better linebacker. Or if they had time, they'd be a better quarterback. So, you know, we, we move into these roles whether we like them or not. It's an unconscious thing. It makes sense. Through evolution and survival, every creature in a herd or a tribe, humans have tribes, has a role. And we would move into that role for survival. Not least survival of the individual and your family, your direct offspring, you know, people we care about, but also the tribe. We're social creatures. So those, those labels, those roles, you know, have a heavy impact. We know that, you know, there's great literature in all languages, in history, documenting people overcoming their labels. You know, you were a servant, now you're a king. Um, I think about, you know, the man in the Iron Mask, you know, how he was a prisoner and, you know, then became king, you know. You think about how someone can move those kind of roles. You know, The Count of Monte Cristo. That's a great book, great literature, great movie. I have seen many versions of it, and they're still all good, where this guy was thrown in jail. So, you know, his his, uh, accuser could uh, go after his girlfriend. I mean, yeah, you can always look at love to cause a problem, you know, in romance. So he was put away for, you know, false charges. He broke out and then found a treasure and then made himself this count in how everyone, because he had the trappings. Trappings mean, you know, the illusion, the clothes, the carriage, you know, the jewelry, the house. He had the trappings of being aristocrat and rich. You know, everyone accepted him. It must be true. So labels have that power. Labels have the power of expectation. So if you call someone bad and say they wake up one day and say, I want to change. I don't want bad grades anymore. Say you say someone's stupid or intellectually challenged or academically challenged. And all of a sudden they wake up and say, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to put the hard work in, create some neuroplasticity in my brain and make mathematics, science, you know, whatever they're having trouble, English, literature, whatever subject I'm having trouble with, I'm going to make that my strongest subject because we can all do that. We can make the same brain connections. The person works months, maybe a year or two on doing it and becomes better and becomes good at it. And then someone who hasn't seen them for four or five years say, oh man, you're getting A's in school. That must be an easy school. Because they, that person still holds on, your acquaintance still holds on to the label of you in your past. They say sometimes you can't go home. I'm a thousand miles from Baltimore as the crow flies. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just can't go home because we've all, this is the holiday season. How many of you out there get around your family members and all of a sudden you're 10 or you're 12 again? That's because that's the label they see you as. You know, the middle child, the troublemaker, the rebel, the good student. And it's amazing how, you know, no matter where you are in life and how you've changed, 
how you've overcome. I mean, you could have changed your body. You could have lost 150 pounds, become muscular and ripped. You could have all of a sudden gone from a CD student to straight A's. That sometimes even our brains hold on to this label. You know, people, I know people that go back to school as an adult and they do very well, get A's, when in, you know, high school, junior high, they got C's and D's. Why? Well, you're growing up now. You know you're paying for it. You're putting in the effort. You learned how to study. You know, things change. And the opposite changes. I know many people, ready for this, who've gotten good grades in school and they try to go back, you know, say they got a divorce and say, I'm going to finish my master's degree. And they're just challenged all the way through because the label they have on themselves is victim of divorce, victim of whatever. And so a victim can't be an overcomer, a winner at school. So they do bad in school to match the label that their mind gave them. Wow. Let's talk a little more about labels. You know, labels stick. I mean, if you, you think about it, we put, we make labels and put them on our envelopes. It's, it's Christmas time. The, the Christmas cards are coming. I'm trying to decide whether I'm going to do Christmas cards this year or not. I didn't do them last year. And I just, you know, my time is so limited. But I may do them, but I would, I would make labels and put them on for ease. So they stick. Labels speak. They, they say what's, what's in there. You know, what's the content? Um, what's the behavior? How to cook it? Take soup out of can and put on microwave safe bowl. You know, labels actually dumb things down, okay? Labels also cost. They will tell you the size, you know, how many ounces it is, you know, the weight, you know, eight ounce cereal, whatever it is, and it will say the price, the price you have to pay. So let's look at those three things. Labels stick. Labels stick to children. If you call them bad, um, you know, parents act as these big mirrors, these psychosocial mirrors for the kids. And they are, the parents can be that slice of humanity as a whole, the, the, the piece of the tribe or the whole population, the village of the city. Of everyone around and if a parent labels you as dumb or your friends a good friend that you have connection labels you dumb or a teacher preacher mentor coach labels you as dumb or or troublemaker that usually sticks and it's hard to get rid of I would say half of my practice thousands of patients over 30 years have some destructive and disabling label put on them and I spend most of my time trying to remove the label not their subluxation not their orthopedic problem not their neurological problem not their physical problem but the psychological limitation that they placed on themselves or someone else placed on them and they accepted it wholeheartedly wow that was worth price of admission right there so labels stick. They stick to children, and sometimes they stick to adults. Hopefully, you've grown to the point where you're not accepting of labels as an adult. And when someone calls you a name, you just say, sorry, you can't be rude to me. I don't deserve that. Um, 
my past history of 50 years, 60 years, 70 years show that I'm this kind of person. And in fact, you used to think of me as this kind of person. And all my friends and mirrors in my life and coaches have called me this. So I just don't accept that and stop being rude. Now, that would be a healthy, boundary-full way, having high walls, being strong, and to handle that. Most of us don't. Most of us let our guard down around friends, around family and coaches, especially in the teen years. So I guess that technically is still a child, you know, and we allow some of this stuff in. Some of us are very vulnerable in marriages. And then you get divorced and you carry that, we call it baggage, right? Emotional baggage into the next relationship or marriage. And the thing is, they're mainly labels that maybe your ex gave you, your ex-partner, or that you're still carrying from childhood that you brought into your first marriage and you chop up your first marriage because you never clean that up. Not all of us grew up in beautiful, spanky white, you know, uh, perfect families. And I'll, I'll be quite honest with you, a lot of perfect families have issues because they, they're told that they're great, they're, they've been told they were positive, and then they have trouble, say, in math, and they start failing in math, and the label of being this fantastically smart person doesn't match what they're getting on the test. And that causes some um, depression, anxiety, causes many mental health issues. So be careful of the labels. Fred, what would you do in that situation? Well, you know, I lovingly um, try to promote the self-esteem in all my kids. And really, our number one job as parents is just insert positive confidence and positive self-esteem. I'm not talking about cockiness or being egotistical, but put in positive confidence and self-esteem and critical thinking, and they'll figure out the rest in life. Most parents are too busy trying to pad an inflated um, sense of self instead of being realistic. Say, this is where you're strong. This is where you're weak. Let's make your weakness your strength and vice versa. You know, you can spend some more time on this because you're so strong in this. Let's spread this out. And this, this can now be uh, easy for you, you know, teaching them the work. You know, I'm using like math or academics as an example here. So we got to be careful because labels stick. I've worked with many patients, hundreds of patients, who have depression, anxiety, some of them suicidal, all because the label they had from the first marriage or the teen years or college years or middle school or elementary school or what was given to them by their parents, teachers, preachers, coaches, siblings is still sticking. And some of those are very hard. Some people will want to hold on to their label. They don't want it ripped off. They want their label on because that's their sense of identity. They'd rather be a victim. You know, my father did this to me. My uncles did this to me. My mom did this to me. And this is not to downplay. Hear me out. Horrible abuse issues. No way. They will affect you the rest of your life. Anyone says you get over it is crazy. There. But what I'm saying is it doesn't have to limit your actions in life. Okay? It'll make you more careful. It's going to make you more introspective. You're going to have to get a lot of work done to heal from these things. A lot of work done. But guess what? Eventually, you will heal. Now, you still have a scar there, a big scar, 
but you will heal if you get to the right therapist, if you get to the right people, okay? And I, I always tell people, you know, go see the psychologist, go see the counselors, get the work done um, and see, see which way you can go. But there's a lot that's put on the patient, the individual, for figuring out that label. And unfortunately, kids and teenagers don't know they have a label on them. I would say most college kids. And I've worked with 40, 50, 60-year-olds who would fight, fight for their disease. They will fight to hold on to, you know, this dysfunctional, destructive, disabling label. It's just human nature. Change is more scary, even if the change is for positive. They will give lip service. I want to be better. I want to do things better. I want to lose weight. I want to be healthy. You know, I want a better relationship. I want more money. I want this. I want that. I'm like, okay. But first you have to let go thinking you don't deserve it. You know, where, where is that label coming from? Who told you those things? So that's something to start thinking about is, you know, where are the labels your kids are getting? Sometimes it's society. And that's hard because, you know, it's hard to fight society when parents are with children a minimal amount of time once they hit junior high and high school. So something to think about. So those things stick. Labels stick. Labels speak a message, right? They have information. Labels carry messages that often will pigeonhole or put in a box or confined a child to a specific role you're a troublemaker you know you're you know bad at spelling you're bad at math you're bad at soccer you know you're bad at all sports you're clumsy you're a nerd you know or you're beautiful you're a king you're a princess even though those sound positive be careful because you say too much that expectation comes in and sometimes they can be overinflated. we have to have a balanced view I like the, um, the Eastern Orthodox Christian um, way of looking at this. They have a thing where you try to tame what's called the passions. And it's just not, has nothing to do with romance or sex. It talks about high emotions. And they talk about be careful with the low, low emotions because they're not true. Because you've been up before. This is not a, an example of who you are. And be careful of the super high ones. I'm king of the world as the actor said in Titanic, you know, hanging off the front of the, the ship, you know, that's not true either. It's somewhere in between. So there has been many monks, religious monks that wrote about it. And I found it that even in the secular world, the non-religious world, that this should carry over because, you, you know, you got to be careful when someone praises you too much. And you also have to be careful when someone slams you too much because neither are usually true about your life. So that's a good way of, you know, not having labels stick. But remember, that label will will push a child onto a pathway. You know, I'm really good with my hands. I can't do book work. And they become a mechanic. Great. They can become the greatest mechanic. We need them. We need lots of smart mechanics, especially with me, with all my kids and all my cars. But you know what? Maybe he would have been a brain surgeon because he is good at his hands. And, you know, saving lives of cancer. But because someone said he wasn't good at math or chemistry or biology, he just owned up to it unconsciously. This is all unconscious. You're not doing any of this on purpose. This is how the human brain works. So be careful, you know, that perception, how the individual perceives themselves 
is a big function of the labels they accept. And then there's labels cost. They, they show cost, they show weight, labels show how much something is. Labels cost. Even if you're in fun, you're teasing someone, if they accept that label, it can be disabling. You're never going to go anywhere. You can't do this. You can't do that. I think I'm lucky because I had such dichotomy and schizophrenia in my life. I would be told by um, an unresourceful parent that you can't do this. You can't do that. We, we can't afford that. We're too poor, blah, blah, blah. And then I would have a coach that I would see more than my parents, to be honest, spend more time with him, would say, you can do anything you want if you put enough effort toward it. You just have to work at it. You want to be state champion, national champion, world champion, put in the effort. Here's the things you need to do. You need to learn the things you need to do. Here's the diet. Here's the nutritional supplements. Here's the exercise routine. Here's the night stretching routine. Here's often you have to sleep. Here's how often you have to work out. Here's exactly what you have to do for the next five years to meet your goal. And you just run it and you do it. And it's amazing because it works every time because it's worked for thousands of people before or millions. But it also goes with negativity too. If I had listened to some of that stuff and kept it in, I would limit myself in relationships and in, in vocation and you know opportunities. So you have to be very careful. I'm glad that the strongest voice in my life was not my family of origin. I'm very happy for that. You know, and you know, love love my parents to death, but there was so much so much crap that they got probably from their parents and their environment that they laid on me. Thank God I shook it off and said, nope, that label doesn't stick. This one does. It can cost someone their career. It can cost them happiness and joy and relationships. Somewhere it will set you up for failure. You may make choices that, you know, will lead you to a bad outcome because of the cost of those negative, disabling, destructive labels. So labels live on, they're hard to remove, and they change our filter too. If, if you are told you're never going to go anywhere, you will start filtering in situations that will lead you to that bad outcome. It, likewise, if you're told you're a winner and you have all this positivity in you, guess what? You will be told the same thing. You will be looking for the positive. You're booking, you'll be looking, oh, there's a wall, I'll jump over it. I'll dig under it. I'll blow a hole around it. I'll put a ladder up. I'll build a ladder and go over it. You will find a way around. So what these labels do can be destructive or positive. You know, what's a good thing to do? I'm listening to this podcast, Dr. Clary. I don't know what to do. Maybe I have labels. Well, get a piece of paper. Get a cup of coffee or your, you know, chai tea. Sit down and write down all the labels that were thrown at you as a kid, positive and negative. And then pick the ones you think are true. You may want to give yourself another label. I'm a great husband. I'm a great wife. I'm a great, you know, employee. And what would you have to do to fulfill that role in that label? Sometimes it's too hard to remove a label. You just put another label on top. You see this all the time in grocery stores when 
before the days of all the QR the QR codes and they're going through and you know uh, they can just change it in the computer they would put a price reduction right over the old label this was a dollar ninety nine now it's a dollar forty nine and they just click and put it right over you can do the same thing and put a, a positive label over a negative one and over time that's the only label you see you feel and what the rest of the world sees and feels sit down figure out what labels are holding you back and what labels are working for you and then you choose which direction you want to go and this has been another fact podcast